Hey everyone, it's Josh from Life on Side B, and thanks for joining us again this week. Today, Becca is interviewing our very own Henry on the issue of loneliness. And so whenever I pay attention to the loneliness and let it just sit with me, it's even taught me to slow down and really think through what am I actually really struggling with here? Is it the lack of companionship or is it a desire for something else in this moment that I'm trying to fill with companionship? There is so much good stuff in this episode talking about how to deal with loneliness and in many ways how to instead of running away from it, how to embrace it and work through it. Lonely is not bad when you are free in Christ to be able to lean into that loneliness and to lean into Him and to remember to pour myself out for others as a way to be able to fill myself up. This is going to be a good one, y'all. So let's go ahead in. Well, welcome to this week's Life on Side B podcast. This is Becca Mason and have the opportunity today to turn the tables on one of our co-hosts. Henry is here with us. How are you, Henry? How are you? I am doing great. I'm going to see when we put this schedule together originally, I've been looking forward to hearing what you have to say about this specific topic. Um, and it's interesting how it has fallen during a time that it yes. is even more um, <laughs> applicable than what it was when we started planning this several months ago. Uh, today, you're going to share with us um, about this idea of loneliness, it's something that we hear about a lot in our community, in the LGBTQ community of how do you combat loneliness, especially when we can be surrounded by people all the time, whether it is at work or at church or just in daily life. Um, no matter how many people we are around, this idea of loneliness still comes up as part of um, just the repeated narrative of the experiences that we have in life. So um, first thing I would love for you to do, um, for those who have been listening to the podcast, know you a little bit, but we may have some who um, this is their first time listening to the Life on Side B. So share with us a little bit about who you are, um, how you reconcile your faith and sexuality, and what that specifically has to do with this topic of loneliness. Thanks so much for that setup. I love structure. So my name is Henry, as Becca mentioned, and um, I am 30 years old. I live in Texas, uh, Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, I... Um, came to faith at a young age, and I also knew I was gay at a young age, and those two things kind of lived in tension. Um, not so much during my teenage years, but my early 20s they did, and I kind of had one foot in both worlds per se, and about six years ago, I made the decision after a lot of just prayer and thoughts and wisdom from others and um, just how I believe the Bible instructs me to live. I made the decision to live my life as a celibate gay man, um, foregoing romantic and sexual relationships um, in order to adhere to what I believe scripture is calling me to live out my life or how scripture is calling me to live out my life. And uh, I, I said about six years now, or the fall will be six years. And 
And so I just kind of started figuring out how do I order this in line with scripture and my beliefs. And it led me to where I am now with singleness and celibacy. Um, and so that's. Yeah, thanks. I love how you describe that, that idea of how you order things in life that you know, a lot of times that idea of reconciling the two as if they are somehow mutually exclusive. Um, but that idea of ordering really is a good description of that both and tension instead of having to look at it as either or am I going to be Christian or am I going to be a gay person that those two things don't have to be reconciled as much as they just have to be placed in the right order of what's going to be the thing that that really defines the direction of your life. Um, I'm going to steal that from now on. So thanks for that. Um, what, what would you say? you great. I always love being able to tell, like, I'm not going to ask permission to take that really cool thing that you said. I'm just going to let you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what are some ways you talking about these last six years and definitely in your twenties? Um, that's a, that's a rough time to make, um, a decision like that. That was about the same. I was about 25 when I really came to that um, conclusion for myself as well. And that's about that time that you've got people all around you who are coupling up and getting married and starting families. And so making a decision like that while looking at this normative path, especially that evangelical Christianity says we're supposed to take um, with getting married and starting a family. Um, what are some of the ways um, over the last six years or so that you've really struggled with uh, the concept of loneliness as a gay celibate man? Um, yeah, I think for the past five and a half years, I made this decision. Um, I'm 30 now, so I was 25 or I just turned 25. Um, and everyone was still kind of figuring out what does your 20s look like? What is your future going to look like? And uh, so I still had tons of my friends around me who were single. Um, who were single at the time. And then from 25 to 28, a lot of my friends got married or started seriously dating and kind of life priorities shifting. Not that my friends loved me any less, but um, their lives changed and looked different. And I, that brought on a sense of loneliness of not feeling chosen or desired, which wasn't true at all. It was just a lie that circumstances wanted me to believe at the time. And as I saw my friends i have a group of 12 guys that i call my tribe of 12 and in 2017 one of them was married and by end of 2019 two of them are single so 10 got married in the past two and a half years wow and yeah that was just I was three best i was the best man three weekends in a row <laughs> one time <laughs> That's a lot of tuxedo riddles. Uh, no, I mean, I just kept buying these suits too. Lord have mercy. Yeah. The one good thing about this Corona situation is my finances have slowed down from weddings. So that's a side note. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I went to 19 weddings last year, 19 the year before, 20 the year before that. And so I'm constantly just watching my friends get married and watching them experience something i've just decided to forego in order to honor scripture so um as my friends were getting married and paired off i started feeling less valued or less chosen or less desired and that wasn't true that was obviously just 
the circumstance I was in, wanted me to believe that lie. And my friends just kept affirming me that they loved me and cared about me and weren't leaving me behind. And the pastor friend of mine, Garrett, I've referenced him before on this podcast. So um, he said something to me. I was the best man at a wedding that he officiated. And about three minutes before the wedding, he could tell I was kind of struggling a little bit. And he said, Henry, I want you to know that God's not ripping you off as other people's lives move forward. Your life is moving forward too. And God has a plan for your life and singleness and celibacy the same way he does for your friends and marriage. And uh, that just really gave me comfort to just be reminded in that moment that God has a plan for me. He hasn't forgotten about me and that others aren't going to forget about me either. And so I would say the last six years, yeah, loneliness has probably been a topic that I find myself talking more and more about because it's something I've experienced at a deeper level over the last six years, specifically the last three. And coming from someone who comes from a broken family of origin, I'm not, my family of origin is not the healthiest family unit. And so my friends, my chosen friends have become my family. And it's just been really sweet seeing how even in different seasons of loneliness or disappointment, that they still have decided to show up for me and keep showing up just out of love for me. And first out of love that they've experienced from Christ that they can in turn pour out to me. But there have been days where I'm sitting on my floor and I'm just like have a breakdown. I'm crying. Yesterday was one of them where I just emotionally felt just, uh, just forgotten. And then I also struggle with abandonment issues and I've been working through codependency as well on it just all the stuff that comes with that the last couple of years. So there's a lot wrapped up in that loneliness word and situations for me that just kind of hit the fan all at once in 2018. Codependency, abandonment issues, everybody getting married, feeling forgotten, and started going to therapy last summer for that. And it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. But Good. yeah, but loneliness has, it is a companion of mine. So let's just say that. Yeah, and that's that's sometimes a difficult thing to explain to people that like there are events like your friends getting married or things that happen in life. Um, for me, the big loneliness trigger is family holidays because like we all get together and there's all this fulfillment and family happiness and then see my siblings with their married family units going away. It ends up being one of the loneliest days of the year for me, even mm -hmm. though those are the days that I'm surrounded by the most people having those different things that that trigger loneliness and people are like i'm lonely but it's a complicated thing that goes on and there's always these just multiple layers of what that means for different people and yeah it can have all sorts of other things tied to it or connected to it with expectations you had for yourself versus yeah. what life really does look like and um that can be an interesting thing um, and a hard thing to have to work through. And you yeah, for sure. About, um, I love what you talked about with, um, even though family sometimes doesn't really know how to, how to do that helping with loneliness thing, that often it is our communities that come in because they have that intentionality. I think sometimes with family, we almost take it for granted. Like you are the people that are always going to be around. And that mm. doesn't necessarily fulfill that loneliness things you talked about wanting to feel chosen um you can't really mm. feel chosen in your family of origin because they're stuck with you and you're kind of stuck with them 
um, that that is one of those things that intentional family, chosen family can feel that even a family of origin really can't. So what are some specific ways that your church or your community, that tribe of 12 guys, which I think is awesome, um, how have they supported you in that area of loneliness? And what are some ways that you've seen that let you down that you've kind of come to understand with experience? Yeah, um, great question. I think I'll even take it back to what you said before I answer that. I think I have seen my family of origin actually be people, I mean, no offense to them. And my sister is, I have a twin sister and she is probably one of my biggest support systems. But I think the blessing that my family of origin has given me through my sister is they've given me the freedom to operate outside of my family of origin with the holidays and events and stuff. And they've let me create my own family and my own traditions with my friendships. And they have accepted the fact that they cannot, or they're unable to provide me the family structure I'm looking for or need and that my friendships can do that better. And so it's known that if Henry goes to Christmas for my family, I'm going three other places that same day. So no one's expecting me to sit around at my brother's house all day. And so much so that even what you're saying with couples and events and things like that, I got tired a couple of years ago of always going to Christmas at my brother's house and just, oh, because Henry, um, Henry's single and Henry has more mobility to move around than all of us. So let's just, Henry can just cater to us. And I was like, this year, I was like, this past Christmas, I was like, screw that. I was like, my life and my routines are just as important. And uh, so if y'all want, I can host Christmas and y'all can do it here. Y'all pick a date. And so my family, they're all my siblings were just like, okay, we'll do that. So I hosted my family Christmas for the first time this year or this past oh, year. And yeah, and they've just really learned to understand that my needs are just as important as theirs. And if they can't help me with something, it means that I'm gonna create a family and community structure to do that for me and they've really just allowed me they've given me the freedom to do that so i will say i'm very grateful to my sister specifically but my family of origin for just giving me room to do that and uh, yeah so i just want to circle back to that real quick and i think how my tribe of 12 or just even there's more than that i have honestly y'all i am telling y'all i am rich in friendship the lord has blessed me with community and if that is if that itself even still isn't enough, sometimes that has to point us to something that, okay, our hearts are longing for something that we can't find on this side of eternity. I know married people yeah. who struggle with loneliness. So it's not in it that the companionship of one person is going to solve or going to be a cure to loneliness, but it's how do we structure community as we deal with our loneliness. And I think that's where my friendships come in and that my guys, um, my best friend, John, him and I, for next month will be three years. We've had breakfast every single Friday where that means we either have to rearrange a vacation or a trip or cut something short or whatever, but we keep our Friday commitment. And sometimes we have to do it a different week or a different day of the week, but we've had breakfast every week for the past three years. And wow. he's gotten married since then and whatnot, but we still keep that commitment and commitments are just big for me. And uh, I, my friend Reese, I see him every other week we grab time together my other best friend joel him and i do dinner together we on fridays and i make sure that i'm having dinner or i'm hosting and the gift of singleness is okay i have more flexibility to host people or serve others and so 
probably about two, three times a week for the past two years, I host a dinner party for just anybody who wants to come over. I usually invite three or four people or two or four and just get to know them that way and have my house be open that way. But also it fills my house up so I don't feel alone. And, and there's people here, there's laughter, there's love. And that's something that's been really hard the past two months that we've been sheltering in place. I can't yeah. host dinner parties. My dinner, I'm like, I cannot remember the last time I had people over for dinner. And that is not something I say often. And so, um, but yeah, the past, sorry, I know I'm giving you a really long-winded answer. But oh, it's great. Um, yeah, I've seen in my, and I have a dry race board in my room, so I keep looking at that because their names are on it. <laughs> but um, I just see in community, whether it's, for example, my best friend inviting me to Christmas with his family to where now his parents expect me um, to be at their house for whether it's Easter, New Year's or whatever. I'm there and my best friend, John, me and his wife do traditions together. And something that I've found that helps me combat loneliness is instead of waiting for people to invite me to traditions, creating my own traditions and inviting others into that. And so every Good Friday for the past six years, I throw a 200 person fish fry and crawfish boil. And this year was the first year I missed it. I throw a Christmas event and a toy drive, a charity kind of thing every December. And so I've just found my own traditions that I invite other people into. And actually, y'all would love this. So every Thanksgiving, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, me and my gays, we host Thanksgiving. And so we just invite all the straights <laughs> and just all our friends from all walks of life and just into my home. And we just fellowship and we eat and have some drinks and play live music. And yeah, I've just learned to create my own um, traditions and rituals just with community and not necessarily. I think sometimes we can feel like, oh, well, no one's inviting us to anything or we're not valued. It's like, we can create our own traditions, our own routines. Who says we have to fit this normal mold of what things are supposed to look like? And I found a lot of freedom in that. That is beautiful. Yeah, that's been one of those that I had the hardest time recognizing was that establishing new traditions wasn't something that you had to wait until you had a family to do them. That's just kind of the norm of what I had always seen was you just do what you've always done until you get married and you start your own mm -hmm. family and you start new traditions. And for people who have made a commitment to walking in singleness um, and faithfulness to Christ, that is not going to be the marker that tells you, OK, now it's time to start new traditions. Like you have to figure out how to do that for yourself. And I love that a lot of your traditions are outwardly focused, that it's not about doing something for yourself or for your family, but about doing things for others. Which mm -hmm. I really Thank you. Those days and those holidays and those traditions uh, really are supposed to be about anyway. So that's that's beautiful. Yeah. If there's one takeaway, yeah. um, one takeaway, it would be that idea of not sitting back and waiting for people to ask us into their traditions, like make mm -hmm. for yourself and invite people into that. That's, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, as far as like a spiritual walk, looking at how your walk with Christ, your relationship with him, um, how has that grown and developed? How does that impact um, your idea of being alone versus loneliness? Uh, what does that look like from a spiritual aspect for you? Yeah, um, I think spiritually I've seen it uh, loneliness has pointed me to 
honestly wants to be completely authentic and honest, sometimes want to run away and abandon the Lord. And I think of the hymn, Come Thou Fount, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave that God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. And, And so our hearts are idol factories and anything, even community and friendships are great things that we can, when we don't have them in the right order to reference our conversation earlier, Becca, is that's when we can really start to see where we're falling short and not trusting the Lord or really spiritually need to grow. And over the past couple of years, I've seen seasons where because I'm relying so much on man, I'm noticing I'm not spending just even as much time in prayer or meditation or just in the word and really going to the Lord first before I take this to other people. And because I want people to fix something that inherently will never be fully fixed on this side of eternity. And I've seen that in spiritual weak moments. And we yeah. want to run, be tempted, run with other things. And then the fruit that's come from that is one, I think oftentimes we don't want to just be alone with our thoughts. We want to run from ourselves. And when we sit and don't try to fill a void and just let the void just embrace us and let that push us deeper into the arms of God. I've really seen seasons where my codependency is less, my abandonment insecurities are not there as much because I'm fully trusting on the Lord to provide for me and meet my needs in ways that had I been just been relying on man, I don't think I'd have been seeing as much fruit. And so I think in certain ways, loneliness has pointed me towards Christ for fulfillment more than in seasons where I'm not combating loneliness, I feel like I have less of a desire or need for God. When the same thing is true, we need God every amount, no matter what day, no matter what season. Um, and loneliness, I've seen that propel me deeper into the arm, arms of God. Sometimes it doesn't. I wish it did all the time. But I think when it's sweet spots, when it's healthy, um, and when I just feel spiritual awakenings as I just dive deeper in that loneliness and figure out what does, for example, yesterday I felt lonely. Like, what is pushing out loneliness? Am I really lonely? No, because I'd spent four hours on a Zoom call with people the night before. So yes, physically, physical companionship is lacking. But what is it? I felt yesterday I didn't. I I needed comfort is what I wanted, and I was like, okay, Henry, how can you find comfort for yourself right now? Is it going on a run or listening to one of your favorite songs or playing guitar instead of necessarily? wanting the first thing oh i want someone to fill that void and uh, yeah and so whenever i pay attention to the loneliness and uh, let it just sit with me it's even taught me to slow down and really think through what am i actually really struggling with here is it the lack of companionship or is it a desire for something else in this moment that i'm trying to fill with companionship that's a great one of those like kind of mile markers of spiritual maturity. I think that <laughs> I began to see it's not the immediate desire nine times out of 10 for me, whatever it is, I think that I want, that's not usually what it is that I actually need. And like learning to take that just a split second more to go, okay, so what do I really need? Um, mm-hmm. And loneliness is a great way of seeing that like when you look through the gospels and you see when jesus had these times that you know early in the morning he gets up and he goes to the mountain or he goes to the wilderness or wherever um before everybody else even gets up 
And then without fail, every single time he is either just leaving a huge ministry moment or he's getting ready to go into some big ministry moment or some sort of trial, a challenge with people. And mm-hmm. it's like knew himself well enough to know when he needed to spend that extra time uh, with the father. And I think part of that does sort of come with age that things hit me out of the blue in my twenties and it would be just physically painful for weeks on end with just this gnawing of loneliness and not knowing how to fix it. Um, And then as I've gotten older and I've watched friends who got married in our earlier mid twenties and some of them have thriving, beautiful marriages and Mm -hmm. still share about seasons of loneliness and some whose marriages failed um, because it wasn't enough and they couldn't be everything for their partner and including, you know, that to see that even people who have these lifetime partnership relationships that I had been taught to think was the destination of life, they still struggle with loneliness the same way that, that I do to be able to see that that is not going to be what fixes it. And that I need to know myself well enough to know what causes that feeling, mm. what the thing is that's going on in order to be able to help myself mm. um, is a revolutionary thing. But it's like, how do you explain that to your 25 year old self? You know, that, Ooh, I just got yeah, chills when you said that. Yes, um, it's a hard thing to figure out. So Honestly, it goes back to I think it's even it moves beyond celibacy and being gay. Um, just if we just even look at the church throughout, I think what we're seeing in our twenties is nobody really tells you how hard some of this stuff is. Like literally, I remember getting to thirty, right. and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like I just did a decade of this. Like nobody told me. But I think people once we get out of our twenties, we're just like, "Oh god, that was so bad. I never want to talk about it again or revisit. It. I just want to move on." But yeah. what I'm realizing is that we are selling a generation lies that, oh, just get married to find someone that's gonna cure your loneliness. We're not actually yeah. instructing and educating people how to really dig out and root out what is driving their loneliness. And that's why we see people in these marriages think that, oh man, if I marry this person, I'm gonna be happy, I'm gonna be complete. And then they realize that no other human being can complete you. And uh, then people feel disappointed or have anxiety or struggle with infidelity because they were taught that, Oh, just chase more, chase this feeling when instead of our churches rightfully instructing us to sit with our loneliness, bring community into it. And I'm sure that is taught for sure. I know that was what taught, was taught to me. But I think just because loneliness has been labeled as such a not a good thing that we try to run and do everything we can to run away from it as fast as possible and as far as possible away from it. Yes. When our churches should be places where we equip because I have a bunch of straight friends who are, I cannot roll my eyes sometimes, no shade to them if they're listening, but some of them just like, I just want to get married. I just want to do this. I'm like, okay, great. But like, what if that's not what the Lord has for you? And then they get to 32 and they're super disappointed in the faith and leaders because they were sold that this was what's supposed to happen whenever, and now they're 32 and lonely, but never learned how to deal with loneliness because they were just waiting for something that was not guaranteed to them. Yes, so much. Mm. And I've loved the ongoing conversation um, in the Side B community the last couple of years of really looking intentionally at what are the things that we can be teaching and providing 
for the church. And during all this coronavirus, that's one of the things that I've seen come up in social media a lot are people talking about how to handle this loneliness and this being apartness from the church community. And so many of us saying, uh, y'all, like this is our life in church community. We've yes. always felt a little apart yes. and a little. And this is an opportunity for us to be able to minister to our brothers and sisters in Christ who have been living sometimes with a um, kind of a denial of the loneliness that they may experience, or they've kept themselves so busy that they don't recognize their loneliness. And really an opportunity for us to be able to say, this is how you sit in this. This is how you learn and how you grow and how you deepen your relationship with Christ when you don't have all these mechanisms to keep you busy and you don't have all this false intimacy. Um, what do you do with that? And um, there's a conversation we're having actually this week in my Bible class um, with school about Second Timothy. Mm -hmm. At the end of Paul's life, he talks about the fact that basically everyone has left him and only Luke is with him. And mm -hmm. um, there's this great Christian rap group, Grits, that yes. back in the mm -hmm. 2000s. Back, back in the day. Um, back in the day, they've got this um, spoken word piece um, by this guy named Count Base D that he um, talks about sometimes everybody in your life has to fall away until you're looking in the face of God for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I have to do it every year because it is so beautiful that, you know, you've got this generation of Christians, two generations, three generations sometimes in a church of people who have never really had to look in the face of God for themselves. And they don't know themselves. They don't really know God because they've been doing it in these just busy lives. And having that opportunity that we've had for the last 39 days where I am, we've been sheltering in place for 39 days today, that I have friends that are really, really struggling with this idea of being disconnected and being lonely and not mm -hmm. really knowing how to do their relationship with Christ by themselves. And mm -hmm. being able to speak into that um, in a really unique way as um, someone who has always been a little othered and a little disconnected from church community. Um, it's been an interesting experience to have people asking, how do you do this? So not only are they feeling it themselves, but they're recognizing that those of us in the LGBTQ community have been doing this and are asking about that. Um, and that's an opportunity to help me combat loneliness as well, because I've been able to have some really rich conversations over Zoom <laughs> with mm -hmm. people who definitely want to know how to do this thing that they know that we've been doing, um, that we yeah. do desire a better country than what we have here um, in in this world. And that idea that you were talking about that. You know, if if you try everything in this world and it doesn't satisfy you, that should be the clue that we were designed for a different world. Mm -hmm. um, and and loneliness, I've all I've begun to see. I don't want to say always because it certainly hasn't been always um, me at 25 or 26. Definitely didn't see this. But knowing that that is just something that universally people struggle with and that it is something that comes and goes. And it is an indication and a drawing towards something greater than mm -hmm. relationship 
here on this earth. Um, so what are some things that we, we keep talking about, you know, our old <laughs> selves, you know, how ancient we are. Um, but at our rich old age of 30 that you're carrying around now, um, to those who are listening, who may be in high school or who may be college students that are in that just, you know, months and weeks long physical pain of just feeling their loneliness. Um, what are some recommendations that you would give them? I love the one that you gave about starting your own traditions. Um, but what are some encouragement, words of advice? prayers, helps, anything that you would give listeners that are struggling with loneliness, how would you, how would you um, advise them would, to walk through that? Yeah, I have a few pointers on that. Um, I was thinking through that earlier as we were getting ready for the call. Um, one, admit to yourself that you're lonely and that it's okay. Because I think so many times like, well, that's not what I'm feeling. That's not what I'm going through. And I remember when I was going through a bout of depression due to loneliness in 2018, it took me six months after it to realize, to admit to myself, oh my gosh, Henry, you were going through a season of depression because you were dealing with loneliness. And I just admitted that to myself six months before that. I would have been able to get better help and resources, but because I kept pushing that idea away, um, because I think sometimes we can feel shame for feeling alone, or we can be made to feel shame for feeling alone. And it's a human condition it's a human feeling um and uh, so just admit to ourselves that we feel what we're feeling um loop in community trusted friends um some of the most encouraging moments in my life have been when i've been vulnerable enough to share with others what i'm feeling what i'm going through and they're able to in turn meet me because people can't meet our needs if we don't communicate them and communicating hey i feel lonely or hey i feel this hey, Sam, could you go spend time with me sometime next week for an hour or two? Or, hey, Brendan, could you come over for dinner? Could you and your wife? And so just communicating our needs in a healthy way and allowing people and asking them to meet our needs. Um, And first and foremost, I should have said, just go to scripture and the Lord in prayer and his time spent. And for me, journaling also really helps. Um, Asking other people who are maybe uh been on their journey of faith a little bit longer than I have um asking them what have they dealt with how have they seen so asking for advice practical advice as well similar to what I'm saying now and and also just knowing reminding and reminding ourselves that it will pass i know it is so hard to believe something will get better when you're in the thick of it when it, you feel like, am I ever going to stop crying? Am I ever going to stop feeling this bad? Am I ever going to stop feeling this alone? And yeah. just remind ourselves that like nothing is truly going to last forever on this attorney. No matter how bad it feels, it will change. And God will be faithful and see us through and just cling to that hope that things are going to get better. Yeah, that is a a beautiful thing to remember that those mountaintop experiences don't last forever and Mm -hmm. the valley experiences don't either. Like it Mm is an ebb and a flow and things come and go and it's not, it's not going to be permanent. Yeah. That is a, Mm -hmm. that is a beautiful thing to be able to remember. Because had you told me April, 2018, two years ago that I 
would not be feeling the hurt, the physical pain of loneliness that I was feeling. I'd have been like, man, how's that ever going to change? Becca, I don't believe you. Right. <laughs> and now two years later, I'm in a place where obviously I still struggle with loneliness or experience loneliness, but I'm not crying every day. I am not journaling just in anger or I'm relatively for the most part at peace, even within my loneliness. And right. that's just something I would not have believed that was possible two years ago. And praise God that he proves us wrong time and time again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a, this old Rich Mullins song that um, this phrase, it jumped out at me so often when I would listen to his music. Um, he says that it's okay to be lonely as long as you're free. Um, mm -hmm. And remembering that idea, because I know for so many years in my own life, I tried to fill that loneliness with things that did weigh me down, things that were mm -hmm. um, slaving and that lonely is not bad when you are free in Christ to be able to lean into that loneliness and to lean into him and to remember to pour myself out for others as a way to be able to fill myself up that that idea didn't make sense uh, years ago. Um, but just seeing through obedience and like, that taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, like I just, I mm -hmm. dare try to do this my way. And the more that I did it out of obedience, the more I saw that it worked for lack mm -hmm. of a better term and recognized that idea that my feelings will catch up with my actions. If mm -hmm. I will continue to obey him. And as hard as that was that sometimes I did have to stop um, because I couldn't put one foot in front of the other, but mm -hmm. not turning around, not sitting down and quitting, not wanting to run back to Egypt. Like mm -hmm. the Israelites always complained about wanting to do, but being able to say, I don't get this and I hate it sometimes, mm -hmm. but I'm going to keep doing it. And the more yes. that, I, the more that I remembered that even in seasons when it still is hard, because there are still those times mm -hmm. that I can't in the back of my mind this is a season what can i get out of it what can i learn from it mm -hmm. how is it going to get better so that when i get to the other side of it i have something that i can share with people yes that me. amen amen yeah. if i may add to that sorry no go ahead and now i'm just saying another point i'll give please do not lo loneliness make you run back to what broke you one of yes. my things, my therapist says, you won't heal by going back to what broke you. And so I'd say to anyone who's struggling with loneliness, please do not give in to whatever you think is going to fix your loneliness. That ultimately did not. And um, it's something I love. I read online maybe a couple months ago. It's like, don't go back to something you had to pray your way out of. Sometimes when I'm like struggling with deep loneliness, I'm like, man, you know what? Maybe talking to my ex-boyfriend isn't that bad or maybe and i'm like uh -uh, i had to pray my way out of that relationship child do not go that's back. right <laughs> that's right i like that yeah i'm gonna have to write that yes. down i'm telling you yeah. little one-liners from therapy <laughs> yes i love one-liners from therapy sometimes those yes. are the things that just hang in your head which are yes the holy spirit can use whatever he wants to use and those are the things mm -hmm. that get yes Oh it gosh, is good. Well, I enjoyed the questions. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Would you have anything else? Just kind of last thoughts or any other brilliant one-liners from therapy that you'd like to share about the idea of walking with loneliness? Yeah, I would say, where's my Bible really quickly? 
this is a verse that has meant different things to me in different seasons of my life. Um, where is I say that and then I'm having trouble flipping to it. Okay, there we go. So God of all comfort. Um, ah. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort for which with which we ourselves com- are comforted by God. So that is Second Corinthians 1, 3, 2, uh, 3 and 4. And that yeah. verse just, um, I, would, I guess I want to end it there as encouragement to let our loneliness drive us to be there for other people in ways that we would wish people would be there for us. Absolutely. And with, yeah, with the comfort we receive from God, may we in turn pour that back out into other people. Definitely. Henry? Thank you, friends. Yes, I've enjoyed the conversation. Hopefully enjoyed we'll chat sometime soon. Yes. I cannot wait to see everybody. <laughs> so. I know, right? All right. Okay. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Well, that's it for today, y'all. Thanks again for listening. Also, if you love this podcast, support us by becoming a patron, by going to patreon.com slash B and joining there and getting extra content every single month. Ooh, also, I forgot to mention, last week, we launched a new website called Side B and Chill, which has a ton of Side B podcasts and resources from many different perspectives and many different individuals and groups for you all to enjoy. I know probably most of us have gone through everything on Netflix and everything on Disney Plus, so hopefully this will give you something else to watch and listen to during this time of shelter in place. Remember everyone, stay safe during this time and stay tuned next week for our next episode. Bye guys. Bye.